To sign up for our announcements, send a blank email to radio-announce plus subscribe at acblists.org. That's radio-announce plus subscribe at acblists.org. Thank you for calling the ACB Radio and Information Line brought to you by Xeno Media. 518-906-1820. That's 518-906-1820. Opinions expressed on ACB Radio are those of the respective program contributors and do not necessarily reflect views held by the American Council of the Blind, its elected officials, or its staff. Well, welcome, everyone. Welcome to this week's Apple presentation. And we think I'm all set now. So we are very excited to be here today. And we're going to be switching gears just ever so slightly today. Um, We're still talking about Apple, of course. But we are going to talk about the Macintosh today. Um, You know, we have spent a lot of time talking about iOS and its various counterparts, iPad OS, TV OS, watch OS, HomePod, all of those types of things. And that's fantastic. But we want to take a moment to talk to you about the Macintosh. And we want to answer a few questions that might be on some people's minds. First of all, we want to answer the question of Is there any reason with everything these iOS and iPad OS devices can do? Is there any reason that I might want a Mac? Is there anything that I really need a Mac for? And on the other side of the coin, is there anything that I really don't need the Mac for that oftentimes people think that I might? We're also going to talk about the different models of Mac systems that are currently available. And uh, basically, those are, as of today, of course, with technology, that kind of stuff can change constantly. But um, we're going to talk about what's available right now if you were to go to the Apple Store app or what have you and attempt to buy a Mac. So um, I'm joined once again by Trainer Rita, and I'm assuming Trainer Cliff is probably in here with us or he will be soon as well. Uh, All of us... uh, you can get our information. We'll share that with you later again, but ttjtech.net and uh, also stirrituptcom stir spelled with a U. So uh, let's get the ball rolling and talk about the Mac. The Mac is, of course, Apple's, what's, what is now today considered to be their desktop solution. That does include notebooks or laptops as well. And we'll talk about, as I said, those different models in just a few minutes. It is considered to be a traditional computer. And I put that word traditional on it very specifically because I really, really feel that the iPad is a full-fledged computer. So I don't like to say, you know, an iPad versus a computer or something. They are computers. Your iPhone, our iPhones are computers. But the the Mac is what we would consider to be a more traditional uh, computer system. Why would someone choose one over the other? Now, I want to start out by saying that I really believe if you have the means to do it financially and if you have the desire to do it financially, um, there is room in a person's life for all of the different 
devices, okay? You could easily have someone who has an Apple Watch, of course, an Apple TV, but that's kind of, you know, Apple TV and HomePod kind of serve different primary purposes anyway. That's more entertainment. So we'll stick with just, you know, Apple Watch. And then you could have an iPhone, an iPad, and a Mac. And you could I use come to Matt's house and take a look at every piece of Apple technology he's got <laughs> and count and count all the technology. I'm sorry, I had to interject. <laughs> no, it's okay. Um, it's an Apple world at his house. <laughs> so, you know, you could easily do that. And, and there's room for that. And, and there are ways to to make that work in your life if that's what you want to do. But that's not for everybody. Some people, either because of financial reasons or just personal preference, they don't want to have all of those. And so they want to have some insight as to which one, if they need to choose, might be the right course of action, might be the right right path for them to take. We've had many customers, many students ask us, I'm considering buying something major. Should I buy an iPad or a Mac? That's been a very common question that we get. So I want to give you the answer, uh, which is it's different for everybody. Okay. There's no one right answer. This is one of those things that we often say personal preference. You know, we always use that term. We're not telling you what to do, what not to do. There's no right or wrong, but I can give you some insight and our team can give you some insight that I think can, can sort of shed light on some things. And, and, you know, we can kind of share how each of us does things. And so I can tell you for me, the iPad is my primary device on any given day. uh, Again, not counting Apple TV and and HomePod because those just fit in nicely. You know, when you want to watch TV, you use the Apple TV. Just before I joined the presentation today, um, my kids and I were sitting and having lunch. They were taking a little break from work and so forth. And so was I. And we were watching a show on our television using Apple TV. It happened to be uh, an episode of the sitcom Reba, which we really love. It's a great show from the early part of this uh, century, 2001 or something. And um, so that's what we were doing. And and we were using the Apple TV. So home, and we were using the HomePods with that too for our speakers. So those things just kind of fit in there. But, um, you know, when it comes to what device I do my daily stuff on, and, and sometimes I watch movies on this too, but, you know, definitely all my productivity stuff and, you know, messages and, and everything else that I do throughout the day, the iPad is my primary device. I'd even argue it's my favorite device. And it's the device I'll choose first and foremost, quite often, even over the iPhone and certainly over the Mac. Now, when it comes to the iPad versus the iPhone, that's a bit of a tougher distinction because really what happens there is I use whatever's closest to me at the time. But I'll also say that for me, there are different things that I have, different apps that I have on on one device than on the other. They're a lot of the same, of course, all the Apple apps and, you know, some of the other ones. But there are some apps that I only have on the iPad. For example, WordPress, where I do web design. And um, some of the other kind of education-focused apps that I have. Um, also, I don't, um, I don't, even though I have um, Apple Keynote and GarageBand and so on on my iPhone, I primarily use the iPad for those, okay? I just prefer to work on the iPad 
even as a person who's totally blind, that larger screen, as we've been telling our students in the free class that we're offering right now, iPad for all computing, once you learn how to make best use of that larger screen, it really, really makes a difference. And, and it's great to have. So that extra screen real estate is a good thing. And I like it in an app like GarageBand or Keynote. Now, Apple Pages is similar. Again, I have it on the iPhone and there have been times that I've used the iPhone usually for quick things that I might have forgotten and I want to add something to a document real quick or make a change or something, I'll, I'll absolutely grab my iPhone you know, to do that if, if it's the closest device, what have you. But that's not typical. Typical would be I'm using the iPad for that kind of thing, okay? When I'm creating documents or editing documents and, and you know those kinds of things. So that's all iPad. Um, Similarly, I've shared with some of you that I have, you know, uh, some Bible apps as we're, a, you know, a Bible believing family. And a lot of times when I'm reading for my own personal um, devotionals, I will use my iPhone because oftentimes I'm doing it as I'm getting ready to go to bed or those kinds of things. And so I, I will use the iPhone. It's conducive to that. But the iPad, when I want to do any serious Bible studying or making notes or those kinds of things. So you can see how each device kind of gets its own place. And, and again, there's always the, you know, the possibility to do things on both. You can do the same thing with iCloud, with syncing. That's all doable. But you know, it's just that you have that option of figuring out what works best for you. Grocery lists and, and recipes. You know, Sometimes iPhone, sometimes iPad. Then when we get to the store, the Apple Watch, right? So you know, this is the beauty of it. They all sort of fit together. Now, you've noticed that I really haven't talked any about the Macintosh in that whole little spiel. Well, that's because, and, and you'll have to um, pardon my little six pound uh, or seven pounds of, of terror here, little Yorkie, who is uh, this little puppy. She's playing with a toy, and that's why you hear that growly in the background. Now, I think she realizes I'm talking about her. She stopped. You can have it. Anyway, so you notice I've left the Mac out of that whole discussion, okay? Again, that's because for me personally, it's not been a big part of what I do. I started my foray into Apple products with the Mac back in 2009, and I instantly fell in love with it. Um, within a matter of days, I had uh, listed my um, almost brand new desktop computer uh, from Lenovo and my almost brand new uh, PC laptop for sale and purchased an iMac. Um, so I was very quick and very happy to, to switch to all Apple. And then when the iPhone got voiceover in 09 also and iPad in 2010, I purchased those you know, pretty quickly. Um, but I continued to use the Mac as the primary hub device at that time. And that was really necessary. And it's only been within the past probably three or four years that I have really, truly um, gotten away from doing that, probably four to five now, actually. But it, it's only been in that amount of time that that has, that has happened. And slowly but surely, all but imperceptibly at first, the, 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 the Mac has begun to sort of have its role in my life and in my family's lives minimized until the point at which we actually didn't even have a, a, a traditional computer in our household for quite some time. I did everything on the iPad and that was it. And um, my son had a, well, has a computer because he wanted uh, to build a gaming PC. So he and I 
and a friend of his, you know, we did that together. That was a lot of fun, but that's his, that's his computer. So I didn't have a, a traditional computer. I didn't need one. So then why did I buy a Mac? And, and how does that fit in? And, and, you know, that sort of thing. Why did I end up buying a Mac after all that? Well, the, the first answer, and, and it is a really true answer, is that I knew we were going to be teaching it. Okay, I had had a Mac OS certification as an Apple um, certified associate from 2015. Mac OS, I guess at that time, OS 10 Yosemite. But I really didn't, that's not right. If I'm going to teach it, I need to be up to date. I need to, you know, that things change. And I, I wanted to know what they were. And I couldn't really do that just by reading it. I needed to experience it, you know. So um, when our TTJ instructor team decided we were going to offer our very first Mac course, some of you may have taken it, uh, a month with the Mac, um, I was content to let that primarily in Trainer Cliff's capable hands because he had a Mac and then Trainer Stephanie joined our team and she's also a Mac expert, at, you know, among other things. I mean, she's excellent all around, but definitely the Mac was a stronger thing for her as well than it, it was for me. And so I was, I was perfectly fine to let them have the reins on that. Although I always joke with Cliff that I could never let him one up me, you know, but, but I thought if I'm going to really contribute to this team, I need a Mac. I need to experience it if I'm going to be part of teaching it. So I did decide at that point to get a Mac. And I said, if I'm going to get one, I want it to be an iMac. I don't want a laptop. I don't want another portable device to try to compete with my iPad because it's going to it's gonna lose every time. It's not going to offer me what I want in a portable device. And I'll explain why in a few minutes. And again, that's just personal preference. It's not saying it'll be that way for you. I know trainer Rita has a MacBook Pro that she absolutely loves. And that's great. you know. And, and so I don't mean that it can't. But for me, I wasn't interested in that. I didn't want a portable. Um, I wanted, if I'm going to have a Mac, I wanted a, you know, a quote-unquote desktop. So I uh, purchased a 27-inch iMac. Praise God, it's a great machine. It, you know, is very, very capable. And um, I wish, you know, it had M1. Uh, we'll talk about what that is in a little bit. But, it, you know, it doesn't yet, but that's okay. It still does a fantastic job. And the second reason that I got it is I thought, you know, if I'm going to get a Mac, for the purpose of teaching, then maybe there will be some things that I can do with it as just bonuses. In other words, things that in and of themselves, I personally wouldn't buy a Mac for because I don't do them often enough. But now that I have the Mac, maybe I'll use them. Maybe I'll use it for that. And so I'll talk about what those things are in a moment too and let you know how that has played out, which, you know, I got the Mac in... Uh, I think October or November. Um, so, you know, I've had a little bit of time with it, kind of share where, you know, where things are at on there. Um, so I guess let, let's go through that list. And I just heard that trainer Cliff has joined us now as well. So um, we'll start out with this list of, of things that you kind of quote unquote need a Mac in order to be able to do. And again, those for me were those sort of added bonus things that, yeah, I wouldn't have bought a Mac for any one of those things by itself. But since I needed it to, you know, to, to be able to be a part of teaching it, uh, maybe I'll do these things, you know, if I decide to. So the first thing you really do need a Mac for at this point, of course, that can always change. But as of March 2021, you need a Mac in order to develop apps. Okay. That's, it's just as simple as that. If you're going to develop apps that will be part of Apple's ecosystem, that will be able to be sold or downloaded on the app store, you must develop them. They must be developed in Xcode using the Swift 
programming language, and you must do that on a Mac. There have been a lot of rumors, or maybe not a lot, but there have been some rumors suggesting that Apple may intend to bring Xcode to the um, iPad, but we don't know if that's true. There is an app on the iPad called Swift Playgrounds that lets you learn basic Swift coding. And it even lets you do some basic programming, all right? You can, you can program drones and robots and some really cool, fun stuff. So if you decide, hey, I want to be an app developer, you don't have to run out and buy a Mac on day one. You can use your iPad, not your iPhone, but your iPad to learn Swift. And it is fully accessible with VoiceOver. Uh, it's quite amazing, actually, how well, how accessible something like that is. I mean, Apple just constantly amazes, you know, and, and it really does. And so it is, it, it's great. And, and you can start with that. But at some point, if you're going to actually be an app developer and put apps in the app store, then you need to move up to the Mac and work with the Xcode app on the Mac. And so that's one thing for which right now there's just no other way to do it. Um, you've got to have a Mac. Uh, the second thing, and, and again, just to keep you in the, the loop of, you know, on the track of conversation we were going on, uh, if I were a full-time app developer, obviously, that'd be a no-brainer. I'm not an app developer at all. I've tossed around the idea. I've considered it. I think I would be able to do some pretty cool stuff because God's given me, a, a, I, I think, a, an insight, maybe a, maybe a talent would be the word, but, you know, an insight into... Um, interface the way that things are set up. I, I know how I would like to see an app look, you know, and I can I can visualize that, but I've never really felt like that's definitely what I should be doing. So I, you know, I've only pursued it on the side every now and then and not with any real longevity at this point. So I'm not really planning on being an app developer in the immediate future. Okay. Maybe even in the foreseeable future. But again, you know, now you have that option. Maybe my son or my daughter will decide they want to get into developing apps or something. So, you know, that's, that's the first thing. The second thing you must have a Mac in order to be able to do is to put your own personal music files into the actual music app. Okay. Let me give you an example in case you're not following what I mean. Somebody sends you an audio file. Uh, they took a video of your uh, your granddaughter's or grandson's violin recital or chorus concert, or you have you know an audio uh, track that you found online from some concert that you really liked you know years ago or whatever, and you managed somehow to get a you know a live recording of that. You say, "Well, now I got it. They sent it to me by email or messages or you know however I got it. I'll just go ahead and put it in my music library." right on my iPad. Well, no, you won't um, because you can't. And I suspect that probably some of the licensing restrictions are the main reason why you can't do that. There are some third-party apps that claim to be able to let you do it, but Mac or the iTunes app on a PC as the origin point for that audio track. With an iPad or an iPhone only, you can um, listen to those audio tracks, all right? You can save them in files. You can save them in iCloud. You can put them in VLC or Voice Dream Reader or anything like that, and they will work. So you can still have them. You can still keep them, and you can still use them. It's just that they won't be in your actual music app if you want to be able to make playlists with them as you always do in other things. You know, it just doesn't work that way. And here again, how big was this for me? Definitely not enough for me to run out and buy a Mac. That would never have been a reason. Um, first of all, I'm an Apple Music subscriber, so I have access to over 70 million songs and I typically don't need to even do that kind of thing. Secondly, um, 
even before I had Apple Music, I already had all my music um, digitized and in iCloud thanks to iTunes Match. And so again, it was there was no need for that kind of um, that kind of you know process for me most of the time. And uh, you know, thirdly, if I'm gonna if I'm gonna get music now because I have Apple Music, I'm going to get it from Apple Music, not other places, unless it's just not available. And the frequency that that happens is almost never. And I'm okay just keeping it in the Files app if it does happen. So for me, that wasn't a motivator to buy a Mac. Now, since I have a Mac now, if I get a music file that I really want to be in my music app, you better believe I'll use it to put it in there because that's an added bonus. Okay, So that's that's thing number two that you really need um, a Mac to do if you really want to do that. Third thing, you must have a, a Mac. And again, I, you know, it could be a Windows PC also, but we're not talking about that. Um, so third thing you really need a Mac to do is iOS recovery mode. And as a beta tester, this is something that theoretically could happen at times, um, which is that you must, for some reason, totally strip down your iPad or iPhone and, and factory reset it. But more than just factory reset it, you want to really actually take everything off of it that's on there. And for example, if you're running a beta version, you want to go back to the stable version. Way to get back to that stable version is through what is what's sometimes called DFU mode or recovery mode. Okay, basically the same thing and uh, in functionality for all intents and purposes. So the only way to do that is on a Mac. Okay. Um, this again is not an issue because um, I have almost never had to do it. Praise God, it's not something you typically have to do. And even when I was a beta tester, you know, I mean, I still am. But but even in the you know the new betas each year, it's been very rare that I have had to do that. I don't like doing that um, if I can avoid it. Okay, there were a couple of times when I had to do it, and I didn't own a Mac at the time. So you know what I did? I found a computer that I could use. Okay, I got hold of one time I had a customer's computer that they had given me because it was like a 2011 iMac or something that they no longer wanted. They bought a new computer through me. And I, I said, do you want me to help you recycle this? Or, you know, what do you want to do? I said, it's probably not worth very much. She said, you know what? She said, I'll just give it to you and then you can do whatever you want with it. That way I don't have to worry about it. And maybe you get something out of it, you know? And so I, I just had it sitting. And as a matter of fact, it's still sitting in our basement, really. Um, and But it was enough that when I had to re... Uh, I guess it was iOS 12, there was a little issue in one of the early betas that bothered me because it you know prevented me from doing something I normally did and I didn't want to wait the week or two till they released the next version so you know what I did I went downstairs I plugged in that iMac and you know I I used it for recovery mode and Apple says that right in their instructions on how to do recovery mode they say hey if you don't have a computer borrow one or you know go to an Apple store okay so there are other ways that again wasn't a motivation now guess what happened after I bought my iMac this fall there was an iOS beta that had a, a, a bug in it that really, again, bothered me because it did prevent me from doing my work in a normal way. And I said, you know what? I know Apple's going to fix this. I'm not mad at Apple. I'm not upset. But I do not want to deal with it for two weeks because it's, it's really going to slow down my productivity. And so, of course, they did fix it in two weeks, praise God. But you know what I did in the meantime? I did go to my new iMac and, and do it with recovery mode. So again, you're seeing a pattern here, right? Things I wouldn't buy the Mac for, but now that I have it, I can do them. 
So that's another thing. That's that's another example of something where you really there's no other way to do it but a you know a traditional computer at this point. Is that always going to be the case? We don't know. My guess would be probably not. Uh, but it you know whatever. Okay. So there's three things I've given you already: the app development, getting music into the music app that came from some other external source, and um, you know that you didn't buy from Apple or sync through Apple Music, and the um, the third one, the recovery mode. Now, there are some smaller little nuanced things and maybe someone will come up with something I don't know or have forgotten, you know, little things. But it's fewer and fewer and fewer with each passing iteration of the iPads and the iPad software. And basically, it, it you know, there's nothing major at this point. And so I want to point out a few things specifically that people think you need a traditional computer for that you actually really don't need a traditional computer. Because I think that's equally important when you're making this decision, if you have to make this decision, to understand things that, you know, you can actually do with the iPad, for example, that people don't know that you can do with it, okay? So here's the first one, true file management. Uh, People say, well, I got to have a Mac because I need to be able to, you know, copy and drag and rename files and folders and you know, work with these things and unzip files. I got to unzip and, and make zip files, zip archives, and I have to, you know, download files and all that stuff. So I need a Mac. No, you don't. iPad does every one of those things and does them brilliantly, by the way. So iPhone and iPad have the Files app. It was introduced in iOS 11, has continued to grow since then. It supports iCloud Drive. It supports lo- supports local storage on the iPhone or iPad. And it even supports third-party cloud services like Dropbox, Google Drive, OneDrive, and, and pCloud and others. It allows you to rename, edit, organize, copy, tag, paste, move, uh, duplicate files. It allows you to zip and unzip files. You have true download support. Download a file from Safari and save it to your downloads folder. Do whatever you want with it. The um, Files app also, which I think really is deserving of its own uh, bullet point here, if we had bullet points, and uh, of things that you might think you need a Mac for that you really don't. Um, and that is server management and external storage. Okay. Those two things um, can also be done fully on iPad and iPhone. So if you want to connect to, you know, some kind of network attached storage device or some other server, you want to connect to an SMB server, all of these kinds of things, you can do them on iPad and iPhone. And external storage. If you want to be able to put that USB flash drive in there and see its files and work with them, if you want to be able to put that SD card in there and work with the files and folders on it, make new ones, you can absolutely do that on the iPad and the iPhone. Why would you want to though, Rita? (laughs) I always pick on Rita jokingly about that because she has has her uh, flash drives (laughs) <laughs> yes. <laughs> and but but they they work, you know, they um they serve a purpose for some people and you can do that. So that's that's another thing that you can do on iPad and iPhone. And Rita, that's you use that quite often, right? The flash drive? Yeah. Yeah, well, it's uh, it's it quite frankly saved me because when my Windows PC died, it's too old and nothing was connecting and it wouldn't even, you know, I couldn't get iCloud 
you know, because it was anyway, anyway, didn't work. So I was able to put documents onto the flash drive, the thumb USB drive. And then I'm able, I was putting it into my iPad, but now I can put it into my Mac and I can transfer those files to iCloud now into different folders. And so that has been a, it's been a godsend uh, to have those for transferring. Um, Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So there, there's another thing you can do with the iPad that people, you know, used to think you, you had to have a Mac or a PC for. And at one time, in fairness, you did. But that has changed. Um, there are numerous others. I mean, printing documents, you, you know, directly to your printer can be done from your iPad. Um, here's a big one that I think doesn't probably get enough attention. Desktop web browsing. There are websites that simply won't work on mobile devices because you can try to request the desktop site, but even on your iPhone, you know, they're going to say you really need to use the desktop version, come back on a computer and do whatever it is. Well, the iPad is actually recognized as a desktop browser, Safari on the iPad. And so what that means is that any of those websites that say they need um, a computer, quote unquote, you know, uh, will work on an iPad. All right. And that includes things like the G Suite, you know, Google Docs, WordPress, Squarespace, some banking websites, and even Apple's very own iCloud.com, which has a few features that are only able to be uh, used on um, the website. Like, for example, creating, um, creating contact groups. I mean, you can do it on the Mac, but on an iPad, you know, you, you have to do it from the website or, um, creating email aliases. You really have to use iCloud.com. And up until iPad OS, you uh, couldn't do that on an iPhone or iPad. You know, try as you might, it, it wouldn't work. You had to visit from a Mac. But that is no longer um, the case. Uh, you could do that maybe from the iPad. I don't remember uh, there for a while. But once iPad OS 13 came out, you definitely could because now you have true desktop browsing. Um, I want to go to the team here before we talk about, before we kind of round that out and then talk about the models of Mac. Do you guys, are there other things that you can think of in either direction that can only be done on a Mac? Or Mac, can uh, only- Matt, I have a, I have a server. I mean, I need a PC or a Mac to get to that, right? Nope, absolutely not. Absolutely not. Uh, and that was, uh, you, you might've stepped away when I was talking about that. You, you can, you full access to your your, no matter what kind of server it is, right? I mean, I don't think there's anything that won't, you know, you can add it directly to the Files app in most cases. I mean, I only use Western Digital, but I'm assuming anything like a Netgear or Buffalo NAS server, whatever the whatever they're called, I'm pretty sure you can use anyone. As long as it's on your network, you should be able to get to it. Right. That's right. So, um, so then, you know, let me go back to this, this original comment you know, how has it worked out for me? And and I, I will let Cliff share next and, and Rita before we talk about the Mac models because their experiences are slightly different than mine. And that is by choice. Again, it's all personal preference. None of us is right or wrong here. It's whatever we like. Um, and for me, I'll be honest with you, that Mac is not something I use on any kind of a regular basis. I, um, I like it. It is a great 
machine. It is fantastic. Praise God I was able to get it. I'm glad I have it. And every once in a while, I will do something on it. But I prefer to work on the iPad. Now, there's a specific use case with some audio uh, editing workarounds and stuff that I'll let Trainer Cliff share with you in a few minutes that, you know, basically, if I want to do it the way that Cliff's doing it, I'll also use my Mac. And so that may happen. And that may be something that I do for, you know, for those particular use cases. But I really try to find a way to do it on the iPad. And there, you know, there have even been things that I started out doing on the Mac, like converting video to audio or, you know, things that you normally think of using a Mac for, like live streaming, that I've been able to have apps that will do the same thing on the iPad. And, and I'll tell you my most recent example I've shared with some of you. Some of you know from emails and the blog and other things that I've been doing a rewrite of the book I wrote about the Titanic back in um, 2011 in time for the 100th anniversary in 2012 uh, of the Titanic disaster. And I had written a book and it's actually, the rewrite is done. It's in, um, it's already live on Apple Books. Trainer Cliff interviewed me about it. You can find that on the Stir It Up YouTube page and the Stir It Up podcast. It'll be on the TTJ Talk podcast pretty soon too. Um, but in the process of doing that, I'm also doing a soft cover print book and an audio book. And the audio book is what I want to tell you about because I am, I've hired a, you know, a professional narrator to make the recordings, but I have not asked him to do the post production because we are capable of doing it. And I, I really want to do it myself anyway. Um, yeah, I want to put a little music in the beginning and, you know, just those kinds of things, maybe a little author commentary or something. But I really didn't need somebody else to do the post-production. So what he sends me, he's done basic cleanup of the files to make them at least meet the standards that Audible has, for example, uh, you know, which is a, a great way to get the, the book out there and so forth. But then there are things that he didn't do. You know, there were a couple little mistakes here or there and you know, just some other things that we might need to tighten up along the way. And we can do those in GarageBand. And what was really interesting was I asked my son for a little assistance just because visually some of these things have to be so precise that I'd rather him see the playhead in relationship to the audio waveform and stuff, you know, just to be certain that things are in the right place. Well, he said, um, I'm not sure if I know how to do this on the iPad, can we go back to the Mac and do it? And my answer to him was, um, let's give it a try on the iPad first. And if you can't figure it out, I said, even let me look it up in Apple's uh, documentation and, and find your YouTube video. And then if you still can't do it, then and only then will we go back and do it on the Mac. Because I said, I, would, I want to do this project on the iPad, not to prove a point, but because I would much rather work on the iPad. That's personal preference, okay? And, and so we did. We did do it on the iPad. Praise God, it was actually very, very easy to do on the iPad. We just had to learn how. It was a more complex thing than I had ever done in GarageBand before. But, you know, once we learned how to do it, it was really extremely simple. And I would even argue simpler than it would have been on the Mac. Um, but you see, with an iPad, I have cellular data. With an iPad, I have a portable machine that I can touch the screen 
and interact with these different things. And I literally am holding them in my hand as I'm working on them. With an iPad, it doesn't matter if I'm out on the back deck, if I'm at a restaurant, if I'm in the car, if I'm on my couch, it makes no difference. And if I am on my couch, I can set the iPad on the little console of our furniture, you know, right beside me, which I'd never even be able to really do with a uh, even a MacBook because it just doesn't make sense to do that. This, I can take it with me anywhere, easily and conveniently, carry it in one hand, and yet I can run powerful apps for audio editing, for video editing, for web design, for photo editing and design. I mean, there's no limit now to what you can do on the iPad. And, you know, so to me, I believe that you are going to see the beginning of this. Well, you've already seen the beginning, but I think you're going to see more and more of this revolution where I think you'll always have the traditional computer, at least for the foreseeable future. But to me, it's more like owning, um, you know, a pickup truck or a large uh, cargo van or something, right? It has its place. It has its purpose, but you're not going to use it every day, okay? Because for most of the things that you do, you don't need to. Now, that's my experience. Now, Trainer Cliff has a fairly similar and yet somewhat different anecdote, and I know that Trainer Rita does. So before we talk about the Mac models, I want to let them share their thoughts on this and how they do it, whichever one of you wants to go first. Uh, where is Cliff? <laughs> I don't know. I, I guess it's you by default, Rita. <laughs> um, oops. Hang on. I'm going to mute for a second. Okay. All right. I'm here. I was finishing up my lunch. <laughs> oh, okay. Okay. Um, well, you can go ahead while she's doing that, and then, then we'll go to Rita. Really, okay. really? You still have a landline phone? Anyway. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> well, she still has those flash drives. What do you expect? <laughs> <laughs> um, I enjoy both devices. Um, I used to use a Mac exclusively from 2011 all the way up and probably until about 2016, early 17. Um, I had tried the iPad many times before. As a matter of fact, I had three of them. I had two full-size iPads, no, one pi- one regular iPad, an iPad Air, and an iPad Mini. And I returned all of them because I didn't know how to use the iPad. But once I learned <clears throat> how to use the iPad, how to navigate the split screen, figured out that the rotor was my best friend, <laughs> it was a breeze. Then they came out with Bluetooth support and keyboard cases. I mean, that's neither here nor there because I don't do a lot of typing on the iPad unless it's absolutely necessary anyway. I mean, I'll do a quick reply to an email or a text message or whatever, but I can do that. I don't need a keyboard for that. But when I get to doing stuff with my blog and, you know, WordPress and, you know, back and forth exchanges with my kids, teachers, then I'll, you know, then I'll put the keyboard up. But more times than not, I do it from the on-screen keyboard. More recently, though, um, it'll be two years. Wow, it's been that long. It'll be two years in July, I think it was, because it was right before our first tech summit that um, I launched my podcast. And of course, me and Matt were in a little friendly competition back then. I put mine up and then he decided he wanted to do two. But anyway, <laughs> so it's two years ago, June, July, I started my podcast and 
course, I started out doing it from the iPad, which you can do. Um, I was using Anchor as my um, distributor publisher, for lack of a better term. I was using Backpack Studio to do some editing. Great app. Very accessible developer. Very open to feedback and fixing things. Um, And, you know, that's the way I did it to begin with. But then um, this past summer, um, I got my website up and going on my own domain and started offering a little bit of the services that Mac offers. And people started asking me about the Mac. Like my Mac is on my desk collecting dust. I turn it on when I wanted to make an update. That's all I used to do it for. I mean, I would sit down at every now and again, poke around a little bit to see what had changed or not, but I didn't really do nothing extensive. It literally was collecting dust. But then people started asking about, Mac support and what apps were accessible and how do you do this? And um, then, uh, you know, the M1s were announced and I was like, "Eh, yeah, well, whatever, who cares? But then I got more into the, again, I I kept getting more um, requests for training on the Mac. So I said, you know what, I'll just get an M1 and then then, though, I'm going to tell you the truth. And this is nothing against anybody or any operating system. But then I got an email from somebody that says, you know what? I've been told that Word is the best word processor out there and pages can't touch it. So I'm going to drop my training and go back to the windows. Oh, that's when I hit the floor running, <laughs> trying to get my, my Mac back up and running. I said, There's no way you're going back over there. I mean, you, you like Word and you know it, then, you know, that's your thing. But there's no way I can show you side by side that pages can do just as much as Word and probably a little bit more because I can guarantee you that Word can't publish a book and iBooks like, I, like pages can so i mean there's a couple other things trainer mac could probably tell you about but that's one thing for sure i know word can't do um also since i've been back on the mac um you know helping out rita and some other people i have gotten into more of extensive audio editing there's a great company called roganiba i might be pronouncing it wrong but they make a great um collection of apps um audio hijack um loopback vision and I'm missing one. Um, oh, well, I can't think of it right now. But anyways, it's those that, apps. Um, it's that uh, the one that I was muted. I'm sorry. But it's the one that has the, the you know, the clips that you insert. What do you call that? Um, uh, Farago. That's it. Yep. Farago. That okay. okay. Yep. So that one. So I'll just, you know, quick rundown. Farago is a soundboard, literally a soundboard. You can put all kinds of sounds and you activate them by pushing keyboard keys on your keyboard, literally. And you can adjust the volume on the fly. Loopback is literally a built-in mixer. You can, uh, you know, combine a bunch of things up to 64 in lines to microphones, um, uh, Skype, Internet Explorer, or I see it in Explorer, Safari, Google Chrome. I mean, you can just pull sound from anywhere into this. And Audio Hijack is just what it does. It hijacks your audio and, uh, and, and records it in different places in different formats for you. And there, again, another company. I literally got an email from them last night that said, thanks for pointing out that voiceover doesn't speak when the block is turned on because you have audio blocks that you insert for in- input and output. It's, they said, thanks for pointing out that voiceover doesn't speak when the block is on or off. We've pushed out an update per your um, feedback and go and download it now. So they are very, um, very, very receptive to feedback and, and, and suggestions and stuff like that. But the bottom line is I use my Mac in my office 
I use my iPad everywhere else except the car. I mean, when I know I'm going to be doing long, a lot, if it's going to be a long drive, I'll take the, the iPad with me. But nine times out of 10, my phone is what I use in the car. But out of my office, in, in my house, in my bedroom, living room, kitchen, that's my iPad. So I still use my iPad. It's probably about mm, 70, 30 iPad, iPad, because I'm not in my office all day. So, but the, they both serve my purpose. And like Matt was saying, it's personal preference. I mean, you want some Mac training, I can give it to you. You want some iPad training, me and Matt both can give it to you because he knows stuff that I don't know and I know stuff that he doesn't know. I mean, we're both still learning. This is a work in progress. So That's it's right. all about your choice. And you again, there's absolutely the, the three things he named are the ones that you can't do on the iPad, but I, I'm like him. I think in a couple of years, maybe a little less than that, at least one of those are going to go away. Yeah, I would say I would, I would think so too. So there you go. There's another perspective. And now if, uh, if trainer Rita is available, she can, uh, she can share yet a third perspective that will also be, (laughs) that will also be different, but not wrong, you know? So go ahead, Rita. Uh, my perspective is a lot more uh, simplistic, I guess, pragmatic. The um, I do uh, file management and document creation, and I found it, I struggled with it on the iPad. Of course, you can do it, and you can use the keyboard and so forth, but I have fallen in love with um, document management, and folder Lorita, management. Didn't, didn't, didn't you tell me yesterday iPad. that Pages I mean, is your absolute favorite app to ever use? <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> they tease me about Pages. Uh, it's a long story. Anyway, uh, <laughs> on the Mac. And um, the reason I made the, the leap over from a Windows environment, and again, my computer, very, very old. I just... I didn't do any, you know, didn't up, you know, so anyway, it, it died. (laughs) And my, my background for years, I've been in rehabilitation and um, agencies are, have spent hundreds of thousands of dollars a year to these special providers uh, who do the R and D and develop products for the blind, um, such as the software for uh, JAWS um, and, you know, it was $1,000 a throw for, for when we were purchasing it for clients. And now, of course, you can pay a yearly fee and, and so forth. But, you know, if voiceover hadn't come along, okay, um, uh, JAWS would, not, would still be $1,000 software. That's my belief, okay, because of the competition. And they saw that blind people got all this freedom using the built-in screen reading software that Apple decided to consciously make all their products accessible. Um, I remember years ago sitting with a a vendor who sold uh, a lot of products for the blind, made a lot of money selling products for the blind. And and, uh, we were, several blind people were at the table and we were all talking about how we can use our iPhones for, we can identify money. We don't have to pay for a $200 bill reader. We can have a, we can do color. We don't have to pay for a color identifier. We don't have to buy talking clocks anymore. We don't have to buy, we were all talking about how we can eliminate all these products. And this vendor was sitting there thinking, oh, my business is going down the, you know, down the drain. Because, <laughs> you know, the, uh, Apple is making these products accessible. And I always resented, I, I resent 
paying so much money to make something accessible when Apple chose to make it accessible with no extra cost. And that's the big reason why I made the leap uh, over from a Windows environment. And now I know there are uh, free uh, speech synthesis availability for Windows now, but that that just re- is relatively recent. Um, and so so anyway, so that's that's a big choice for that leap. Okay. And I wanted a uh, kind of a desktop computer experience because I'm older and that's been kind of my uh, MO about how I do document uh, management. And so I decided to buy the um, MacBook Pro and I got the magic wireless keyboard. And I, again, have that simulated experience of using a desktop but so much more freedom because I can walk around the house with it, <laughs> um, you know, and it's been. I, I'm awesome. sorry, because Rita know it drives me up the wall that she didn't try to, the keyboard first. But, you know, again, it's personal <laughs> preference. She's my big sis, so I like to pick on her. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. I don't like the man. I don't like the uh, little keys on the laptop. Um, and so I hardly touch the laptop, quite frankly, except to do my fingerprint ID to wake it up. and. Uh, what's so fascinating about these products, it's like you're driving a Lamborghini, you know, a, a, a very expensive, high performance racing vehicle. And I barely got roller skates on, quite frankly. Um, and the power in these devices and with the M1 chip, the processing speed is just going to get better and better and better. And there's a whole group of blind people who have made this leap over and there are now these supports for you to learn how to use the Mac operating system. Um, And these supports did not exist 10 years ago when, you know, um, uh, people were brave and trying to figure this out, blind individuals. Uh, And now there's so much support out there for you. So anyway, so the the Mac for me has been I so enjoying document um, processing and folder management to be able to find things, to edit things, to change the font, change the color. Um, I'm I'm using that keyboard experience with that, and that's what I really really like and the integration with my apple ios devices my iphone and my ipad i create documents and i can access them on those devices uh, interchangeably from my mac to my iphone so that's been my experience it there is i gotta tell you there is a learning curve and you cannot think from a windows mindset you had this is a different operating system and uh, but it is doable, and the Macs are so customizable uh, as opposed to uh, the other environment. You can. Now I'm glad you said these- that, Arena, because I want to I want to throw something at you because of what you just said. You said you can create documents on your Mac and access them from your iPhone and iPad. Now, somebody that's deep into that other world might come at you and say, well, Rita, if I have Office 365, I can do the same thing. I mean, you're more recently from the PC more than me and Matt. So what would you say to that argument? They're paying for it. And (laughs) pages and or text edit that's free on the Mac will do the same thing. Uh, And you don't have to pay for it. 
so that that's my <laughs> you know. And I think a- I think you would agree. I'm assuming you would agree that the experience on the Mac, like you said, Lamborghini, far superior to the Windows experience, smoother, better integration, right? I mean... Yes, and especially once you learn, you really do need to take the time to learn what's going on on your screen so that you can customize it to make it yours. And this kind of customization is not possible in a Windows environment. Now, again, I was no expert in Windows either, you know, but I got in there and I did my word processing and you follow the little rules of what you have to do but the mac oh my gosh once you get these things customized it's Look, just I'm a still very learning. i learned something a couple of days ago that i never even knew maybe it was more like a week but i you know people know about key commanders and you know uh um, what do they call them activities i didn't know that you could use another activity with a different app that you didn't set it up for and switch it on the fly i mean it's i'm 10 years in and i did i just now found that out so you're always learning Absolutely. Absolutely. Yes. Yeah. So I really wanted to get that across. And I think in a moment, we're going to go to questions. And I'll tell you why. I want to, I know I said we're going to talk about the Mac models. If there's time, we will. Or if you have a question about it, you can ask them. But I wanted to cover this first and foremost, because if we don't get to cover the Mac models, you can look them up online. You can go to the Apple store and read about them. You can call Apple. You can call us. You probably already know about the Mac models. What I wanted to share with you is is the you know the reasons for this and how each of us uses these differently. And it's actually and we, nice too, Matt, because we all have these separate models. Like you have the iMac, which is the desktop model. Rita has the the MacBook Pro, which is the high end uh, laptop model. My wife has the MacBook Air, which is a little you know a step down from that and i have the mac mini which is you know the the one that you buy and you have to buy the only accessories for so if you don't have time i mean i kind of just gave a little summary of it but you don't know the difference between them but again you could look that up exactly exactly so uh yeah if you don't mind let's uh let's remind them how to raise their hands and see if we have some questions and we'll do our best to answer them yeah, you're an hour in, so you only got right. a half hour. Oh, right. so sorry about that. I was on the nope. phone with dear Cindy. Okay. Nope. No so, problem at all. No. <laughs> so no to raise your hi. hand, uh, it is Alt-Y on Windows. It is Option-Y on the Mac. It is Star 9 on the phone and Under More on the iPhone. And you already have one raised hand. You have Chris Bell. Let's see. Where did you go, Chris? I don't see you now. Um, Let's see. Did you put your hand down already? Maybe. I kept seeing it. While they're raising and while you're looking, I think that even I think on the iPhone now in the webinar, I don't even think you have to go on. You're right. On the webinar. No, you don't. It is right there. Okay, so I don't see. Let's see. Hand raised. Let's see. Now it's saying that's what I get for answering the phone. Uh, let's see. Yeah. Where are you? Hmm. Questions, guys. We're taking questions. Okay. Kathy Long. There All you right. go. Kathy Long. You are able to. Un- and we have we have some other. Hi. There you go. Hi. Okay. Well, I'm a little discouraged because someone just gave me a Mac. And I don't know much about it yet, but they they wiped it off completely. And 
I don't think it has anything on it. How do I get... Now, I've done pages on my iPhone, and I like it. How do I get pages and text editor and the things I should have had with the Mac that they wiped off? It's a 2015 Mac Pro. It's got pretty much a bad screen. We had two and a half hours with uh, Apple accessibility just to get it set it up. So I have a like a password that I have to type in to get it going. Okay. I've gone to voiceover practice. I've gone to uh, VOHH and going down the menus, but that's all I know so far. I'm like a weekend. Okay. Should I just get a should I just get a uh, an iPad and be done with it or should I continue on? Well, you're never you're never gonna find you're not going to find I, I, there's no way I'm going to say anything negative about the iPad. I mean, if you decide you oh, want to no. get an iPad, I'm absolutely in favor of that. Now, if you also and, and also because a 2015 Mac, although it will still run very well, you know, it's not going to run as well as a brand new iPad. But, no. you know, having said that, if but you it was do want to. Right, exactly. <laughs> and so if, if you do want to still pursue this also, um, yeah. I would say a couple of things. The text edit app ought to be already installed with the operating system. So install Mac OS. You're going to have, you know, those basics messages, mail, a calendar, uh, you know. I didn't find them yet. Okay. I didn't find them yet. Well, what I would try is if you go, there's a few different ways to get to your apps. Um, Many of of the most popular apps are on the dock of the Mac. Okay. And you can access the dock by pressing... Uh, do you know what the VO keys are yet? Like yes. the control option? Okay. So if you do a VOD, control option D or caps lock D, that'll okay. get you to the dock. And there might be some of the most popular apps there. Not the okay. whole list. But one of the apps you'll see on the dock, hopefully, is called Launchpad. If you okay. click on that, it will bring up a full screen list of all your apps that are installed on the Mac. You can see what's there. Now, with Pages, Numbers, and Keynote as well as GarageBand and iMovie, those are normally free when you purchase a Mac, just like they're free on iOS. But when you transition a Mac, like you give it to another user who never had a Mac, for example, I don't, there used to be that, like that was the one case where you might have to pay something to get pages and and, and stuff. And I, it wasn't much. It was just a one-time thing. I don't know if that's still the case. So what I would do, is I'd go to the app store on your Mac okay, and, and I'd search for pages and I'd search for, you know, whatever ones of those you want and see what it has for you. But I will tell you this, that in the app store, there's a lot of, you have to interact with different areas quite a bit. So if you haven't learned yet about interacting and I, navigating, I figured that out. I figured okay. that out yesterday. Okay. We had okay. a month with the Mac class, and I have all the recordings and materials that we did. If you email me, I'll send you that folder. Yeah, that's what I was going to okay. say. Okay. I, yeah. I, I will, Cliff. Thank you. That'll be no helpful because I know how to read a manual and figure things out. I mean, I I like, you know, knowing people are there to help me, but I don't oh, yeah. have and money we also, to pay for less. And we also have a thing on every what is it first and third or yeah first and third monday we call a mac cafe i play a demonstration and then i allow people to ask questions of anything that they want to know about the mac so oh you'll probably hear me on there well thank (laughs) you this really helps me 
And to um, piggyback off of what Matt said about the pages and numbers, I remember somebody doing the same thing a couple of years ago and it was already after, you know, like the the apps weren't free. So bottom line is the person had to get a supervisor from Apple accessibility to assign their Apple ID to those apps. I mean, they weren't going to make them pay for them because they were already giving them free, but because this person didn't get a new Mac and it was a used one, <laughs> oh, they weren't they weren't penalizing them for it. So they call you got to call Apple accessibility, ask for a supervisor and let them know your situation about you got to use Mac, but you want those apps that are free to everybody who buys a new one and they'll assign them to your Apple ID. I think they send you a code or a link in an email or something. So that'll work. Mm-hmm. I, I use pages. I've been using pages on my iPhone with my magic keyboard and I really like it. And that's the other thing, too. If you already have pages because you bought a new iPhone or iPad in the last few years, you may be able to just re-download those from the App Store since they're integrated into the Mac side now. Right, right. I don't know how that works anymore now because, I mean, I have them anyhow. So, yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm not synced to my iPhone yet, you know, so I'm just, like, working on things. But I really appreciate your help. And um, I'll do what you told me to do. Thank you. Okay. Greg? You're allowed to unmute. You may unmute. Hmm, there you go. All right. Hey, Greg. Yeah, how's it going? Good. Um, I just thought I'd mention here, uh, to your last caller, they could always try updating the system. I think probably hasn't been updated since 2015. Putting a new iOS might fix some of the problems. Um, but, you know, the I was going to also mention that the Hey Siri is now available on your Mac, too, so you can just ask it to open up various things. Uh, so I Great that. suggestion. Oh. Yeah, Great suggestion. absolutely. Absolutely. Because then you can just ask it to do things. So, hey, Siri, it's maybe a little bit slower than you'd like, but it does work. Yes. So, yeah. And so it can, it can find that app for you. Yeah. You know. You know. Okay. Thank you. Uh, Rachel? Uh, there we go. Yes. Can you hear me? Rachel, yep. Yeah. Hi. Hi. Um, I so enjoyed this webinar. It was awesome. Um, I just have a question. I have a Mac Air. I'm a voiceover user, and I have a, a PDF that's fillable. It's not a uh, scanned document or anything, and I tried it on um, the PC with JAWS with Adobe, and it's working. I can read the PDF with voiceover. But I can't, and I can actually interact with the edit fields and such. But it seems like every time I try to type in it, it's not giving me feedback. So I don't actually know if it's you know entered anything or not. Does anyone have like a solution or an app or anything that would help with that? Um, Matt, I does preview allow you to fill in PDFs that are editable? I'm guessing. Preview is yeah. Preview is supposed to. And I'm guessing that's what you're probably using, Rachel, when you say it's not giving you the feedback. Is that right? I'm using what? I'm sorry. I oh, think she said she opened it up on her PC. App- Have no, you tried uh, to open it on your Mac? Yes, yes. I did open on the Mac Air, and I was able to, VoiceOver was able to, you know, read it and everything um, to me and get to the edit fields. But whenever I went to, like, interact with the edit field and start typing, n- no feedback was, was at quick all. quick nav on or off? Ooh, I didn't check that. Because <clears throat> quick nav has to be off in order for you to write in the edit field. Oh, yeah. okay. And I'll the other thing that. you might want to double check too is when you get to that edit field, is the VO space bar to activate that edit field. Yeah. Make sure yeah. quick nav is off and then write. 
and okay. and you might you might even need I've seen in some now again I'm going back you know I'm I'm not really probably the right person to answer this because if you were talking about iPad I feel fairly certain I could help you but you know on the Mac I, it's not what obviously you heard in the presentation it's not what I do typically but right. you know, a couple other things you may want to consider if the VO space doesn't work is try interacting with the edit area or also even do your mouse click command you know where you where you do the um control what is it function control option command f5 to move the mouse pointer to the voiceover cursor you might need the function key with that depending on your setting and then control option shift spacebar to click the mouse even that sometimes a click or a double click you know to get you into that edit field if it doesn't automatically work now worst case scenario if it if it doesn't end up working there may be there are third party apps but I would have to um, I'd have to try to look up what those are because again I don't use it so if you okay. get stuck um, when we're done here we'll give everybody but if you send an iMessage to us I am the tech juggernaut at iCloud.com and Cliff okay. is, is Cliff is stir it up but he spells stir with a U stir it up at iCloud.com mm -hmm. if you know if you still can't figure anything out um, you know one of us probably him to be honest probably Cliff because he does more than I do but one of us ought to be able to at least point you in the right direction Awesome, thank you. And and if it was the iPad by any chance too with voiceover, you said you have this image. Mm. I see. I feel like I would be able to help you better with the iPad. And and what I would probably do there is a there is a markup tool built into the iPad for PDFs, but probably because of voiceover, just to be certain, I would use an app on the iPad called Prismo. Uh, Prismo okay. does an excellent job of of working with PDFs, and you can convert them to other formats. And, and you can actually do a Prismo app available for the Mac. I just don't know how much it is. So. Okay, yeah, that's just it. I, I don't either, but that could be okay. a solution. Yep. Thank you so much. All right, thank you. Okay. Thank you. That's all the raised hands that I see so far. Okay. All right. And we still got some time. And just to point out that, you know, Matt's talking about the, you know, the with there's the iPad course that's going on right now with TTJ and we're two weeks in oh. and it's it's not too late to get in. But there are um, there's 119 students in there right now and there's some documents and there's some recordings. If you want to get in on this iPad class, I would suggest you do it because <laughs> it's it's amazing what he's covering. You have uh, a hand. The Mac now. issues. There are a lot of resources that used to not be out there. Um, that they are out there now for training. Uh, plus, Apple support, you know, issues. And what you need to do is decide what you're going to do with the device. How you're going to use it. You don't have to do everything with every device. You know, I, I see my Mac as my functional. Um, work, you know, in terms of documents and file management and organization. And I see my iPhone for other purposes and my iPad for other things. So you don't have to do everything with each device. Rita, it's been so long since you used your iPad. You hadn't even charged your Bluetooth keyboard. So I know exactly. <laughs> <laughs> you my, do. My iPad right now is my backup iPhone. <laughs> you do have more hands now. 
Paul. Before you, before you, oh, want me, oh, well, go I'm ahead. Sorry. I was just going to mention that in the iPad class, we do record every session. So even if you get in the class or late, you're able to download previous classes to that. listen. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't hear you say download. <laughs> no, I didn't. I didn't say download. Yeah, you can download the documents and the uh, recordings. Okay. So you guys all teach together, huh? We do. Okay. It's a, it's, it's a hilarious <laughs> tag team, believe me. Mm-hmm. And they run me over constantly. So. <laughs> well, while you guys are picking on poor Rita, I just... <laughs> One one comment I wanted to make is that uh, one of the good things that's come out of COVID is that there's been so much more attention on the things that we can do through uh, virtual learning and virtual uh, uh, events. And yes, it, it's it's gotten to a point where, <laughs> quite frankly, uh, we can't get to all of them. So you just answered one of my questions about how I can catch up on the i you know the iPad class. And um, the is other this Paul? thing, yeah, this is Paul. Paul Miller? No, Paul Mims. Mims. Okay, I think I got a text from you last night. Did I send you that link earlier today? Uh, no. Okay, yeah, because I, I got a yeah, text. But yeah, if if you do want to get into class, just send me an email, and I will send you the join link, and it'll put you right in the classroom. As long as you have Google Classroom installed and signed in with the Gmail account that you would like to use with that um app. Okay. Well, I don't, so you, I, I'll need that information as well. <clears throat> Yeah, you'll have to. There's a process to walk through. We've got a document, Cliff, if we want to send it to him with all the the delineations of what you need, you know, for WebEx and Google Classroom app and uh, a Gmail and so forth. I'm so sorry, guys. I was muted for a second. Was he saying he wants to take the iPad course? Yes. I want to find out if I got room to take the iPad course. So when is okay. it? When is it? Well, it's. It's Mondays and Wednesdays at uh, 3 p.m. Eastern Central. Okay. But, but, but like Rita you know, said, we, we record and upload all documentation. So even if you're right. not able to attend, you can just go at your own pace. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Because I've got conflicts with half of those. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Carol? Carol, there. Carol are you there? Hello. Yes. There we go. Hey there. Mm-hmm. Okay. Sure. I, I thought I raised my hand. You and did. I guess it said I didn't, but then I don't. Nope. We got it. That's how I found you. <laughs> yeah. So I have a bunch of questions. So I have a MacBook Pro. <laughs> I'm a voice over dependent user. Um, it's, yeah, it's 2015, I guess. So just recently, the speakers have gone. Um, you can still hear it, but it's extremely distort- distorted. Um, is that like something repairable do you think or do you think I need to well for a quick fix okay what you could do mm-hmm. is get an external speaker with a 3.5 millimeter jack plug it okay. into the earpiece you know the ear the 3.5 on the side of okay. the Mac okay. and and then you have to go into system preferences which is you know the max settings mm-hmm, mm-hmm, okay mm-hmm. and go to sounds and make that audio output come out the earpiece you know the ear whatever okay. connected okay and that's a quick like fast workaround for just a speaker issue okay um, three three point five you, you know like uh 
the, the, the jack size. Yeah. Correct. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The, okay. the little, um, that's the, the typical jack that would, you know, before they took okay. it off of the iPhones and all that stuff, it's a standardized thing. And there's a mm-hmm. ton of speakers out there that have. Yeah, I saw that. Yeah. Cause it seems know, like if I use my AirPods, then I can handle it. You know, I can figure out what it's trying to say, but I can't always use my AirPods. Yeah. Um, that's a, that's a, that would be just a quick, quick, mm-hmm. quick fix. You're, yeah. That system is getting a little old, you know, and yeah. you, you might want to consider a new one. Cause I mean, it's, and yeah. you know, the minute you buy a piece of technology, it will become, it's old. It's right. old okay. It's so you got to make sure. the commitment and stick with yeah. it. Okay. Yeah. And don't, well, that's don't, why, yeah. And that's why I was excited to yeah listen to your your webinar today. What 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 else you got? Well, yeah. So so I have a MacBook Pro, and I you know I, and I'm like you know I was considering all the information you guys have already said. But um, what's an what's the M1? Um, okay, I'm a bit about that's, that, but I don't. That yeah, I'm excited for that question. Um, okay. The the M1 is Apple's own custom designed. Uh, silicon or custom designed processor, their chip that they use in the Mac, it replaces the Intel processor. It is essentially the same, although it's, you know, kind of re-architectured, re, you know, for the Mac, but it, it's essentially the same as like what you have in your iPad, your iPhone, you know, those products. They are making their own processors instead of relying on Intel. So the processors, the graphics, all of that is being done by Apple. It is a huge, huge deal. Like, I don't even think most people realize how big of a deal it is. And, and this is just generation one. Microsoft what, does. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And so, so, does, so does Intel. So does Intel, but they just yeah. don't know what to I do about it. I bet they're feeling it. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, just, um, it's their own processor, the chip that... Uh, it's more streamlined because they can take right. that product right. all in house, and you get a, a quite frankly, a more s- uh, functional operating system. I, when, you know, I'm layman here, but when they ultimately, the, I was going to say, ultimately, it boils down to Apple's making their own products, so the stuff is cheaper. Like for instance, the MacBook Pro that Rita got is cheaper mm-hmm. than the MacBook Pro that she would have got the same kind of configuration from Intel. Right. And, mm, and also, okay. Okay. also okay. far, far more capable because when you can control the entire experience start to yeah. finish, and I'll just give you two very quick yeah. examples. The first MacBook Pro that was released with M1, which is the one that's out there now. Um, prior to that, the MacBook Pros were getting, what, seven to 10 hours on a battery, mm-hmm. uh, on a charge. The MacBook Pro with the M1 can get up to 18 hours on a single battery charge. Um, another example is that the uh, the Mac Mini, okay, that, you know, just that cube, the, the little box that you plug into a monitor and, you know, that Trainer Cliff has with the M1 is performing as well as the high-end MacBook Pros, the high-end Mac Pros in some cases. Like I have it's- one. And I ran 10 apps at once and it doesn't even get hot. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah. So, so those, those process, I'm not very techy, but so that the M1 is now they're making all the newest release, newer, newest products. Right. Manufactured yes. products released with that. Yes. Um, so far, right. okay. so far it's the, the MacBooks and the Mac mini, the desktop, okay. you know, the iMacs and Mac pros okay. have not switched to M1 yet. 
there is okay. a rumor that the iMac with M1 is coming out this year at some point. Um, it may not be called M1 by the time it gets to the iMac. We don't know. Uh, but yeah, it, you know, it's, it's on the way. So, so the 2020 MacBook Pros would have it, right? Is that what you're saying? Yeah, you, and it, okay. it'll say M1 in the description. Okay. Yeah. Right. You need to make sure it says M1 because they're still selling. Right. Um, they already sell. With the, the Intel previous. processor. Okay. And right. they, they were yeah. manufactured in 2020 also. Okay. Sure. So you need to make sure. I would, quite frankly, buy it from the Apple store. You know, yeah. Well, oh, I always do. Yeah. That's fine. Okay. Okay. What else you got? We got a couple um, more hands. So, okay. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And I'm good. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. Okay. Thank okay. you. Uh, Catherine? Let's see. Where are you? Where did you? Here we go. Yeah, you're good, Catherine. Okay. Um, well, I actually use um, both uh, operating systems, the, the Mac OS and, and the PC. And I got a new model of the MacBook Air. And I've been having trouble um, booting up to, to a Windows drive. And I, I know that's possible. You can connect an external drive. Um, I used to do that on, on my old older MacBook Pro, but that's no longer supported. So is Apple going away from from that? Are the new well, processors? You, you have to do it through. And I'm not sure if it's been released to the public yet. Uh, Cliff, maybe you know, or Rita. Uh, you I'm, have I'm, to I'm, trying to, I'm, I'm trying to get a better take on you. What do you mean boot into it? Just plug it in and read, look at it? Or are you trying to boot into it? No, boot into it. Boot into Windows. I suspect she was using boot camp. Um, you, you have to do it through uh, Fusion, VMware Fusion, uh, which is a third-party app. And have they even released Fusion for the M1 yet? I don't even know. Um, the, actually, the M1 is not compatible with Fusion. Oh, it's it, not yet. Nope. Okay. It, if you want to run Windows on a bootcamp, you have to stay on Intel. Okay, so as of right now, there's no way to do it on the on the well, M1 Mac at all. They claim Parallels can do it, but there's a lot of mixed reviews about that. So, okay, so Parallels and VMware Fusion, Catherine, are both um, third-party apps that allow you to run Windows on a Mac in what's called a virtual machine, a virtual no, environment. I'm talking and, about running it physically, like directly putting it in, you know, into the... Right. That, yeah, that's that's not going to be supported. It's not going to be supported point. anymore? Mm. That's not at this point, no. I, mm. I mean, I can't, I can't speak to years down the road, but that's not going to be supported um, as, as of right now. Most people, however, who have done both actually prefer to do the virtual machine because they can... Uh, they can better work with the two together, the Mac and the Windows. They can actually run them together and so on. Uh, mm -hmm. But as as Cliff is saying, the, the main one that the voiceover community has been using, which is VMware Fusion, uh, is not yet compatible with the M1. I assume they want to be. I don't know. I, I really haven't followed that uh, very closely. Well, it's but really I, not. I don't think it's Apple. It's the company who makes it, who's not really right. trying to jump through Apple's hoops for lack of right. a better term. That's what, so. yeah. Yeah, VMware has to update their stuff to be able to run with it. That's right. Mm -hmm. Okay. Okay. Uh, let's see. Tyson? Why you let that troublemaker in? 
<laughs> he was here first. Hi, Tyson. Hey, I resemble that remark. <laughs> How's it hey, going? It's it's going great, guys. Um, fabulous. Good. You you know y'all know that I I love the Mac products, um, and and uh, I, I I enjoy my iPad. Um, and my phone but but to me i think i'm i'm kind of fall towards rita like productivity on the macbook and i have i have two i have a i have a 2015 macbook pro and then i have a uh you thought, uh, the, the 2020 macbook air did you thought um, a did you thought a beta on the on the 15 yet because you said you might go beta test since you got two machines no because i haven't had a chance to, to clean it off yet and do a clean install to 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 upgrade and, and go all through that but um one thing i wanted to bring up that that uh going back to what someone was saying about uh, which you guys were talking about with the m1s is with big sur and an m1 chip you can run iphone apps on your Mac if they're Correct. compatible with it. Correct. So they don't run full screen like you would think, like, you know, if you if you throw a, a, an app into your onto your phone or your iPad and it takes up the entirety of the screen, it doesn't do that. It'll it will uh, it'll be in a smaller window if you're able to see it. It's not gonna go full screen, but uh, but it I mean if you're looking for what the for what the app does, even if it's a game, you could play it on your Mac. Right. Right. Neat. And and that's an excellent point. And now, there are some apps that have specifically chosen not to allow that, like Netflix, for example, that mm-hmm. you can't, you know, you cannot do that. Um, but, yeah. But you, could, but you run that through, through you know, through the web browser. And you could, you could and do it through anyway. the web browser if you wanted to do that. That's right. That's right. right. But that's, and that's one of the things I like that, that, that the, um, that this new architecture that they're, implementing from front to back does is um is that that you have the integration across so that everything speaks to everything in the same language that's right they don't they don't need a translator yes yeah yeah that's right so a great great show guys i i I enjoy it a lot awesome thank you tyson Tyson. thanks so much he's got a the group talk about your the the group, the support, the magic. Yeah, yeah, you are, yeah. Uh, yeah. So, so, uh, so myself and and Jason Castingway and Katie Frederick and uh, we run a, a show. Um, it's going to move to podcast form, uh, but it's called Magic Mac, and it's basically about taking Mac from the basics of of how to use it with voiceover um, from three people who you know who use it daily. So and uh, and yeah and and Rita, I completely believe that you said Pages was your favorite product. but but i'll I'll say this i'll say this too before before i run out of you guys's time um there's one thing that pages can do that word can't and that's make a pages document (laughs) but but pages can make a word document and it can also it can also uh export straight into pdf where word won't exactly i forgot about are you telling me guys now hold on a second are you telling me that in 2021, after what are we, Windows 10, you're telling me that Microsoft Word still cannot convert directly to export directly to PDF. No, I will not lie. I use I, I the, the version of Windows or the version of Word rather I have is 2016 because I have no reason to upgrade it to, to the different versions. Okay. And I don't want to okay. pay a subscription fee. But okay. in the 2016 version, you cannot export directly to PDF. Wow. Hey, in text edit, you wow. can make a PDF. Yes. 
you yeah. go to yep. the print option and it's yeah. uh, anyway so yeah, not but, that but I love pages, PDF but. but pages one of your save file options is PDF yeah, <laughs> and that's been the case. I mean, and if you want to take it a step further, you can even go into shortcuts on your system preferences and make a shortcut that that exports any file type to PDF if you want. Right. I mean, but yeah, yeah. <laughs> right, yeah. right. I, I had someone receive a pages document, and they're like, "Can you? How do you convert that?" I'm like, "Send it to me." <laughs> so I, right. So I opened it up, <laughs> saved his word, and resent seconds. it back out. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yep. Three minutes yeah. and or three two minutes and maybe right, two hands. Great. All right, Tyson. Thanks. Hey, thanks All right, guys. Again, Tyson. Take care. Of course. Let's see, Renee. Where did you go? Yeah, Renee. Unmute. There you go. You're <laughs> unmuted. Go. Yes, indeed. Hey, Renee. No. Yep. Hey, okay. Renee. All right. Yeah. Yeah. I I work full time, so I don't get a chance to come on these because uh, I don't get off work till 4.30 but anyway I have um I have an iMac that I got in 2015, 2015 and it is running Big Sur and I like the iMac much better than the than the uh, uh, laptop but I am noticing that voiceover doesn't uh, in the in the contacts you it doesn't it doesn't announce the numbers as you type it in I use zoom because I have um, low vision so I use Zoom and um, you know to, to it, go in there, it, but but the the it bounces all around when you use Zoom. When you type something, it, it you have to bring it back into focus, and um, it seems to me that Apple isn't really doing much with uh, um, improving the stability of the Zoom and the and the voiceover. I think Reed is trying to answer you. Correct. Okay. <laughs> Here we go. Um, I, quite frankly, there's a point where low vision becomes slow vision. I convert to voiceover and do VOV, and you can get the verbosity to come up, and you can make it say digits as you type um, if you use the voiceover more. I do. More. I do, and I didn't, I didn't, I didn't uh, know that. I didn't know that. So it's a VO and then hit the VOV. V, v is in yeah. victory. Uh-huh. And it'll uh-huh. be a quick, it, it's like a quick, shortcut to controls for uh, okay. how you pronunciation and characters or characters and words and so forth. <laughs> and we are out of time. It is um, okay. the half hour, the end of 90 minutes. So thank you so much for this wonderful presentation. Well, thank you so much for having us. We really appreciate it again, right, everybody. I'm sorry. Go ahead, Matt. Well, I was just going to say again, make sure if you want to get in touch with us, ttjtech.net and stir it up with a U, stiritup.com. And we want to, you know, thank you for joining us. God bless you. Go ahead, Cliff. What were you going to? No, no, same thing. And okay. email, um, if you want to be in the class, just send me an email with the request of the iPad the class or iPad any recording you got. S-T-U-R-I-T-U-P at iCloud.com. Okay. All right. We'll see you back next week, everybody, where we'll continue our discussion on the Mac. Take care.